It's the podcast specifically for the Australian country music industry. Our country. Conversations with prominent Australian country music identities. Recorded and produced in Tamworth, Australia's country music capital at Radio 2TM. And now, the host of our country, 2TM presenter and award-winning singer-songwriter, Sally Ann Witten. Welcome to Our Country, a series of podcasts developed specifically for and about the Australian country music industry. This episode, I'm going to chat to Roger Corbett, one of our favourite musicians, legendary member of the Bushwhackers, and a founding member of the Country Music Academy. Roger, it's a pleasure to speak to you. Thanks, Sally. How are you going? Good. How are you doing? Pleasure to be here. Yes, good. Good. Excellent. Now, it's it's really great to catch up. I mean, we could talk about all sorts of things, but I thought what we would mainly chat about for our podcast today is the Australian Academy of Country Music, which uh, you've been at the forefront of, or one of the people at the forefront of um, since its inception, pretty much. Now, can you tell us a little bit about how it started? Wow. Okay. So... Um, all those years ago. <laughs> yeah, all those years ago. So this project started in 1997 and was started by a fellow called Peter Winkler, and he enlisted Dobe Newton, who's my partner in the Bushwhackers mm-hmm. as well, to help out. And I think Rod Coe was involved back then, who played bass for Slim Dusty. So in 1997, they put up this project, and I think they had 18 students, something like that, mm-hmm. and and brought it to Tamworth and uh, ran a little two-week residential program. And one of the first... Um, people who were in there were people like Lynn Botel and Karen O'Shea and and Dan Thompson and Anthony Taylor and lots yeah. of people who we sort of you know who are part of the industry now and in yeah. fact getting older and, and all that sort of thing. And then I joined in nineteen ninety eight because um, they just needed an extra tutor pair of hands on the ground. And uh, it seemed like a really natural thing for me to do. I'd been doing lots of production and all that sort of stuff and obviously music director for Bushwhackers and, you know, general. So it was a great, you know, a great opportunity for me and I just absolutely loved it. So it's fantastic. Yeah, look, and I think if I vaguely remember back all those years ago, I think, was it Greg Williams and Joan Douglas were involved from a, from a Tamworth point of view too? So there was a bit of Tamworth involvement there as well. Yeah, that that was a bit later actually. So yeah, okay. Off. Um, that was a little bit later because um, the Senior Academy, so this was kind of, it wasn't really a senior academy, it was just a general academy. And, mm. and there was plenty of people who were under 18. We had a 15-year-old, Brooke McClarmont, in my first year back in 97. <laughs> and she was uh, she kept us laughing the whole two weeks, that's I for sure. <laughs> if you're on your toes. <laughs> and Brendan Wormsley was in my first year and lots of people like that. In fact, every year there seemed to be two or three or four or five people who really really just um, picked up the ball and carried on, on on with their careers in a meaningful way and lots of other people sort of went back to their former lives and just, you know, enhanced mm. and got into teaching and all that sort of stuff. So, um, But, yeah, Joan Douglas and Greg Williams, um, about after about three or four years, they thought, why don't we have a junior version of the Academy? So Greg had come up to observe um, the Senior Academy and Joan 
was involved, I think, through the CMAA at that stage. Yeah, that'd be right. And, yeah, um, yeah and, we, uh, and she started a thing called the Camerata, which she ran out of the Southgate pub. <laughs> for the first few years. Good place and, to start with um, a bunch of kids at the pub. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And it was a bunch of very talented junior kids. In fact, in the second year of Camerata, we had Jess Malboy come in. And, yeah, right. Um, and people like all the, those Bailey kids, you know, Kurt and yes. Charlie and, and um, oh, Crystal, I think. Yeah. Yes, that's it. So, yeah. And as well as the other Baileys, Victoria and... Um, Vicky and Barbara, yep. Bailey, and oh look, there's been lots of spectacularly amazing juniors. So then that uh, that sort of I was involved with that teaching songwriting and and uh, and sort of doing one-on-one co-writes with all these kids. And it's been amazing to see how lots of them have kicked on as well. So it's just been. Uh, been a wonderful journey. <laughs> I can imagine. It must be for someone like yourself who's been involved with it for such a long time to see not only how the programs evolve, but how how many of you, the graduates have gone on to um, to you know amazing success stories. Do you feel a little bit um, like you had a bit of a hand in that somewhat? Well, definitely. I, I feel um, feel very connected to lots of our our alumni. You know, well, Lynn Botel is now our director of the academy. Yes. So she is, um, she, you know, she's obviously one of our star students right out of academy. She went on to win Star Maker, Toyota Star Maker, I should say. Yeah. And, um, and uh, yeah, so she kind of launched herself into that that um, that area and obviously did Bella after that and, and she's had her own journey, which I'm sure you can talk to her about. Mm. But, um, yeah, she's uh, just been a force of nature in terms of music and country music in general. So, And she is the most wonderful, wonderful director now. So, so passionate you know, that, about um, bringing the next generation up into the country music industry, I think, too. Yeah, we really, we really are very, very keen to... Well, I'm very keen as sort of general manager and, you know, general sort of... <laughs> leader of the, of the yes. tribe. Um, I really love having students and ex-students um, involved in, in the academy, doing teaching jobs and administration and coming and talking and visiting and all of those things. So we've, we've had... Um, so in terms of teaching to the tutors, we sort of have a kind of a... A qualification, which is that you must have won a gold guitar. Oh, well, that was one of my questions. I was going to ask you, how do you go about picking the tutors? That must be a, a bit of a job too. Trying to, there's so many yeah. great musicians and great, um, you know, entertainers. But where do you start with it? Because yeah. tutoring's not for everybody. It is a little bit of a specific skill. It's a very specific skill, and you need to find people who've not only got the chops, you know, like who who are able to write songs, play music. Um, you know, producers probably make really good, or people who've done a bit of production usually make pretty good group leaders. Mm-hmm. So because they've got all the skills, the songwriting skills, singing and performance skills, and music business skills, mm-hmm. and um, and then there's that mystical, magical, teacher quality <laughs> where you're able to bring, you know, for want of a better word, love to the... To the occupation, yep. and you're able to actually empathise with kids and 
and give a lot of yourself. You know, it's not enough just to stand there and teach and then clock off. You can't do that. That's right. It's, um, you have to get involved. And, and often they're involved long after Academy finishes, the years down the track. So we've had wonderful people like Amber Lawrence, for example, is a great example of this. She's fantastic, obviously, everywhere, which way across the board through her own career and in all, has all the skills, has the golden guitars, and, um, and you know, she's got a lovely nature, as you know, and, and she's also provides opportunity for these guys uh, through the year by putting them on support shows and students pop up at her shows all the time and mm-hmm. in her in her things so Anna Georgia, for example, is one of her, you know, helpers and Haley Marston and people like that. And they've all been to the Academy as students and we've used all of them on and off or lots of them on and off in various roles from being interns and helping out and doing all sorts of things. Yeah, isn't that good? Yeah, I think it's great. And um, we've got Mickey Pye working this year with us and he's amazing he runs a huge school out of Bathurst and mm-hmm. um, and uh, he's taking over the he's done this is where his third little trip with the academy and he's just been amazing just fantastic he ha- he really has that whole giving thing um, so just in spades you know yeah. he's just an amazing dude and and super talented of course and all those things and he's running the instrumental group and of course, he's an ex star maker winner and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, he's lots of experience. Really got all the skills. On, yeah. yeah, that's right. Well, yeah, it's it's an amazing. So that's what we're looking cast. for in our staff members, right. you know, and um, it really helps if you understand the academy. And also with the parents, like with the juniors, the junior academy, um, which is in July and also held in Tamworth. Same way, they all bring one parent with them. Sometimes mm-hmm. two, but mostly one parent. Mm-hmm. And we give the parents a course on, um, you know, managing your talented uh, child, yes. basically. And Fantastic. they get to hear from lots of professionals. You know, they get to listen to all of our tutors tell their stories, and you know, which are all. You know, it's not just inspirational. It's not like, you know, I came to Academy and then I became a superstar and life's been fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> Which is what Wouldn't, we'd it would like. be great. Wouldn't that be great? <laughs> wouldn't, wouldn't that Let's be, great? be realistic. <laughs> <laughs> no, so we, you know, we, we've, we, um, we have people in like Ashley Dallas and Elise Simmons and Lily tells her story. And, and you know, our, our stories are all evolving as we go along in life as well, you know. Of course, yeah. The challenges that music throws up and um you know and and there's been bleak times for all artists in the middle of their career for one reason or another especially especially the young women who you know when they're 16 17 and mum's driving you around and buying you pretty dresses and you're performing and it's all great everyone thinks you're just wonderful you know and then you turn 18 or something like that or 19 and you know maybe you strike out on your own and and then it's really a great deal harder. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's all sorts of a whole bunch of other things yes. that impact on your life and your performing life, including financially, because as we all know, music's something we basically do for love of it mostly. That's right. <laughs> There's yes. very few of us become multi-millionaires. Sad Most but true. Of us struggle from gig to gig. Mm, that's exactly right. <laughs> yeah, Reality you know, number one of being a musician. <laughs> yeah, that's right, and it's 
it's not a, a passport to great wealth. And, and so you have to devise how do you make, well, you know, for most young women, you know, how do you make relationships, family, um, kids, um, you know, finances and juggling a nine-to-five job a lot of the time. How do you make all that work with music? You know, it's not just it's not just all the all the music skills that mm. are the thing. That's the fun part of our lives, but it's not That's always. Right. And well, it's, it's difficult for men too, of course. Of course, you know? yeah. All those mm. things impact everybody, and, and I think teachers like having tutors there, like Amber and Ashley and Elise, who juggle all of those things. Sometimes yep. I wonder how they do it, you know, um, and seemingly do it quite well, as, as hard as it must yep. be. That's perfect to have people like that, you know, up there That's to right. talk to, to tell them the, the realities of how it all has to sort of mesh together somehow. Yeah, well, um, the last few years, so we've had um, we had Fanny Lumsden at the junior course this year, mm-hmm. and she brought her little boy Wally and... Yeah. Um, you know, and he was there on campus being looked after by Dad, who's yep. also supremely talented, Dan, and it and took some photos for us and various things. But, you know, it's a challenge, yes. and <laughs> you have to be able to focus on that sort of thing. Yep. And we've got Catherine Britt this year who's just had a second child. Yes, of so course. So she's bringing Morrison with her, and then Hank and her mum and dad are coming up for the second week. So juggling, you know, they get a really good look at how it looks to juggle a young family. Mm. When you're just doing something, you know, that's as fun and creative and interesting as the Academy. So, yes, it's... uh <laughs> it's good. Anyway, they're getting a good education. That's a good all around education. Part. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So, would you say uh, from yes. the beginning, when the academy started out, what were the aim, whatever the aims and the um, objectives of that course, so to speak, were? Do you think that's changed as the industry has evolved to now? Is it different sort of outcomes that you're hoping for the kids, or is it pretty much the same sort of ideas as you set out? Well. From the from the moment I started, I being a kind of a creative person, I guess, and I just always had ideas of how I thought, you know, my involvement in academy. I didn't just turn up and do my job and then leave it for a year and come back a year later. I, mm. I kept working on the model and working with the people, you know, who were in charge of the academy at that stage. It was Peter Winkler for a few years and then Rod Coe. And just trying to, um, so most of these kids come in with prior learning. So they, they, they've got, um, they've done a lot of gigs, most of them. They've, they, they've conquered some of their guitar and musical skills. Mm-hmm. Um, they've started writing songs. Some of them have written 10 songs. Some of them have written 400. So, and it's always, you know, different. Everybody's differently abled, I guess, in, in who comes to the academy. And that's one of the challenges is, you know, sussing out what abilities that person has and then giving them a challenge that's meaningful mm. beyond that. So saying, okay, you're amazing, you're amazing. So your challenge is now to get to the next level of amazing and, you know, and start creating you know, something that'll lead you up the ladder, you know, towards the golden guitars, towards that, you know, that the goal of being, you know, global domination or whatever, you know. <laughs> so, um, but, you know, and for somebody else, it might just be 
I just want to write a song. I know I'm come, I've come here, I've never written a song that I've finished, and I really want to do that. Mm-hmm. So everyone's at a different level for starters. Yeah. But I think that most of them have, you know, in, if you took a middle line, most people have done lots of gigs, they've done a bit of travel, they may, may have even done some workshops and a little bit of learning. But to create that bridge between that existing learning, some of them have been to TAFE and uni, lots of them have done that sort of thing. So to create a bridge from that kind of, you know, unanchored learning really to something that this is this is the career in, in country music in this wonderful industry, which is quite large now. And these are the people who can help you bridge that gap between that existing learning Yes, there's some learning involved, but there's also, you know, mentoring and the um, contacts that you make that, that you can ring, you know, you could ring Amber Lawrence if you've been to the academy and she'll have a chat to you for mm-hmm. sure, or, or I will, or Linny, or you can sit down with Kevin Bennett and write a song. You know, you might go to the DAG station for that songwriting retreat and, you know, you'll see people who you already hung out with at college, uh, academy and... And and go okay. I'm not so scared about this, and not to be scared of of co-writing or collaborating or asking for help. But the, one of the biggest things, of course, is when you train 27 students. That gives you a massive cheer squad to help you along your way. So even though I'm sure some people come into the academy with some competitive sort of ideas, mm. you know, like, oh, I'm amazing. Actually, not many of them do that. I'm pleased <laughs> to hear that. Come in <laughs> most of them come in and say, what am I doing here? I'm no good. These people are amazing. Oh, well, a little bit of humility <laughs> to start off with is not a bad thing. <laughs> yes, they get, the, they get the humility pretty quickly. But good. they also, um, in fact, I interviewed the kids last year, the students, and I said, how's it been? And they said, well, first two or three days was pretty rough. I said, really? <laughs> we, we thought we were running this really exciting, great <laughs> program. And they said, no, we all cried the first night. Oh. Oh, everybody rang home and everybody oh. said to their loved ones, you know, I don't know what I'm doing here. Oh, Everyone else really? is so amazing and I'm just crap. So, you know. <laughs> So even, even you know, Jim Cassidale came last year yeah. and uh, Troy and Loz and she rang up and said, and I remember, she said, everyone, people here have got business cards. You know, I don't know what I'm doing here. Oh. <laughs> I don't even have it. But anyway, she's had the most amazing year. Hasn't she? Um, yeah. Touring with Dad and, you know, it was a gap year before uni and she's spectacularly, you know, talented and well-educated and all that sort of stuff. She's just, you know. Whatever it is, she's got it. So, yep. you know, plus the advantage, I guess, of, of having a bit of a springboard for your career as well. So, you know, she's... But for somebody like her to feel feel insecure about her place mm. at Academy is quite a, quite a lesson, you know, that everyone feels some sense of, you know, unease about all that stuff. <laughs> I know if I go to a jam night and I have to sing by myself without the band around me, I find that pretty challenging for yeah, myself. Isn't that always, always makes me sweat a little bit. Happy to play in front of 10,000 people with my band. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not so happy to stand and butt up in front of 30 people and oh, play yes. by myself. So. Out of your comfort zone. Yeah, that's right. That's where the magic so happens. So we do that's try and push them out of their comfort zone. 
Yes. Sorry, say that again. The out of your comfort zone. That's where the magic happens. That's what I tell my students. That's where all the good yes. stuff happens, mostly. Yeah, that's and right. And also a few yeah. accidents, but, but we learn from those. <laughs> yeah, and it's that whole thing too at Academy where can't be what you can't see. So if you can see yes. Amber Lawrence walk into a room or you can see Linny walking around in her day-to-day and how she is with people and how she is with the students and her range of skills, you go, oh, I see what that's like. Oh, and we've been very, you know, I use the word blessed, but, you know, it's been an amazing, um, amazingly generous couple of decades by Casey Chambers who mm. comes every year. And for those kids to walk into the classroom where they've been just, you know, mucking around and doing stuff and see Casey just sit down and pick up the guitar and start singing. Because for starters, she sings about four times louder than everyone else. (laughs) And she is amazing. Like, you know, and she sings something that they've heard on the radio and to see, you know, you have to pinch yourself sometimes. Yes. To go wow, I'm actually seeing Casey Chambers, you know. She's sitting like, right here in front of me. Sitting right here and singing something I've heard a million times and she commits, you know, like when she sings, Casey, she sang I Ain't No Little Girl a few times and, and oh, and holy, she's just, you know, she just commits like she's playing in front of the Ryman Theatre or something, yeah. you know, she's, she's just like 100% in. And the kids really get that, you know, and you yeah. can see that. You go, wow, that's what I've, I've got to be as intense or as committed or as, you know, good as well as mm. that, you know. That's that's the bar. That's the level. And, and it's not even easy for Casey, you know. Like, she's, she has her struggles and, you know, just like everyone. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm. So from all of that, then what, um, as a group of tutors, what are the main attributes or things that you want the kids to, or not all kids either, sorry, students, <laughs> to take away yeah, from right. the academy? What are the main things that you hope that they will take away from that? Well, I think the, um, the obviously the community. So we want to say that this isn't a competition because um, I, think, I think it's Elizabeth Gilbert who says, you know, um, competition is the thief of joy or comparison mm. is the thief of joy. Yep. And we write that up on the board and, you know, say, you, you aren't, com- no, you can't compare yourself. I can't compare Lynn and Casey Chambers or Amber and Ashley Dallas. They're all just different people. They're bringing something different to the table. Yeah. I think I want, it, want them to walk away knowing that when they, um, when they perform, um, regardless of what you think of yourself, um, you know, where you have all your own insecurities and, and conceits as well, I guess, but, you know, it's a relationship between you and the audience, you and that audience right there and then. You're mm. playing to 20 people or you're playing to 100 or 2,000 people. You have to create a relationship between yourself and those people and they will just enjoy it or judge you or, or embrace you um, based on that. And I, I want them to take away the fact that we're in the entertainment business. We're in the, you know, somebody t- told me, he said, you're lucky, Roger, you're in the, the joy business, you know. <laughs> and, mm. and we are. We, we were there to spark joy, as Marie Kondo would say, you know, to spark joy <laughs> in people, you know. And is what I'm doing sparking joy in people or am I just serving my own 
ego and conceits mm. along the way. And really, you're looking to create joy. And, you know, Casey Chambers comes in and she says, you know, the number one thing is don't be a dickhead, you know, which is <laughs> a good lesson for some very of these people. Very good advice for us all, really. <laughs> very, very good <laughs> advice. And, and it's true, you know, you just don't want that. Yeah. And, um, and for me, you know, there's lots of little things. I, I think music, you know, you've been given this gift. You know, they talk about you have a gift for music or you have a gift for this. But, you know, a gift is for giving away, not for keeping to yourself. Yes. So we try and stress that with the, with the younger ones too, who get very much, um, you know, they've got a lot of people telling them how amazing they are. And their mm-hmm. mother's are like, oh, you're amazing, darling, mm-hmm. you're amazing, you're the best. And it's like, no. No, just let's let's just let's just do what we do and see how that goes. Yeah, yeah. And it's like I say, there's only one trick in music. You know, really, that basically comes down to: it, can you make people like you? You know, that's it. And you have to find out the trick that you have, or it's not a trick, but it's the attribute you have that's going to make people like you. Is it your voice? Is it how you look? Is it what you say? Is it um, you know, is it your amazing songs? What is it about you and what is it about success, successful people that makes people like them? You know, John Williamson, people love how Australian the songs are and he, that speaks, you know, and everybody in our industry who's been successful has figured out how to make people like them and, you know, in some cases like them a lot. So, mm. You know, that really, that really is it. And everyone has a different way of doing that. <laughs> yeah. Yes, and that's good, and that's what makes it interesting. There's room for everybody, I always say. Yeah, that's right, because um, just as there's no limit on friends, there's no limit on your career. Yes. You know, you can have as many friends and as many, you know, as many relationships as you like, you know, and that's really what it comes down to. And treat your fans with respect and all of those kinds of things that yeah. we talk about. And they get a lot of this across the table at lunch, you know, or or just hanging out and talking to their group leaders, you know, and, and and joking around with each other. You know, some of them have had lots of experience and they're just sharing stories for two weeks, which is pretty amazing. Mm. And and that's what they do. So, yeah. So, so it's, a, it's a full education for <laughs> It is. It's really well, all well-rounded. It's not just theory and, and, you know, writing number charts and all that kind of stuff. It's a, it's a preparation no. for what the real world of being a musician looks like. That's right, yeah. And we, we do try and just, you know, we don't hold anything back. And, you know, we've had, we have lots of tears when people come in and talk, artists come and talk and... You know, we have, um, you know, lots of frank discussions about all sorts of stuff. And, um, you know, as well as, obviously, like we do a performance class, for example, which is quite hilarious. And, you know, and Lynn pretends to be, you know, a talent quest organiser or something or night of the club. Yes. <laughs> she's very funny, Lynn. I don't know if you know that about her, but she's got a few little personalities. And um, anyway... So we do this performance class and then we just basically, you know, give them the rounds of the kitchen about their performances, you know, because mm-hmm. there's so many things that you, you take for granted that you know how to do and, you know, and you just don't. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Adjusting the mic and plugging in and being prepared and 
all those kinds of things. So yeah. we really, you know, having your charts in order, how you talk to the band, mm-hmm. you know, um, treat the band nicely and they'll be nice to you, you know. Yeah. And, and you know, we do all those things. And But, you know, obviously the, the biggest thing is just, you know, the community and the communication and all that stuff. So. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Important things. So That's right. what yeah. does the future look like for the Academy of Country Music? Well, um, that's a pretty relevant question, actually. Ah, <laughs> we're, do we get we're some, in uh, uh, goss, hot goss here, Roger. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, we, we just um, we're in um, the Cal Rossi School. Mm-hmm. And that's a commercial enterprise, yes. and um, uh, since we started, I guess the costs have doubled over the over the journey, and we run two courses in there a year, and and. Now we currently spend quite a lot of money with um, a Cal Rossi, so mm-hmm. that's always the challenge: is to, you know, we try not to pass on our cost to our students all the time. Mm-hmm. It is something the thing is, oh, Andrew, is it's like three thousand dollars plus GST to come to the academy, and whilst I think that's a great value, you know, in mm-hmm. every which way, yep. I think uh, it's also a challenge for the students to to find that sort of money and I think we miss out on some students who don't have that kind of money who say, Oh well I'd love to go but I just can't because I just can't afford that mm. sort of those sort of dollars. Especially I guess, you know, young men in their twenties who are buying a car and working and possibly have a family or a girlfriend or something like that and buying equipment and all that sort of stuff and say, Well I just can't justify spending $3,000 on my education yep. when in actual fact that's a fantastic investment mm. and can actually change your life. So that is the challenge always. It's financial and, you know, we try to get grants and that's very, very tough out there. The government has slashed all their arts funding massively and um, and and that is, that is always the challenge. It's just financial and trying to keep this wonderful project we're doing yes. <laughs> going yeah. as well as um, you know we all come out of that project you know and part of the part of the project actually this is, but that's our main challenges financial but part of our project is just for me it's about taking on young staff members and giving them that experience because you probably know yourself as a teacher that that you learn as much as your kids do mm, about absolutely. You just about teaching and music and how to communicate these ideas, and it makes you, you know, a stronger musician and a you know better, you know, all rounder. Absolutely. If you if you have those things too, yep. and lots of our uh, lots of our students are teachers too, so they get to see us doing that and take some of that home too, which is good. Now, if anybody would like to find out some more information about how to be involved in the college or how to perhaps apply as a student. Sorry, I keep calling it the college. I've done so well all throughout the podcast. I haven't said it once. I've (laughs) gone right to the end and I've called it a college. It's the Academy. I've been practicing all weekend too, can I tell you? It's the Academy. It's the Academy. Roger will yell at you if you keep calling it the college. That's how old I am. I was around when it was the college. Anyway. Me too. So, if anyone would like to be involved in the academy how do we do that how do we get more information well there is a website so um it is www.academycountrymusic.com.au 
academycountrymusic.com.au and that's our website and it's got information on it and obviously we try and keep it updated but um, sometimes I'm not as good as keeping it updated. But you know what, there's phone numbers on there and we have also have a great Facebook page as you can see in the Belay Academy of Country Music and, um, and that page is... That page puts up a lot of, um, you know, there's videos and stuff when the Academy's going on and all about the concert. I think it's great if you want to come to the concert, if you feel like Academy might be a good fit for you, come to our graduation concert, which is on the first Friday of the festival at 4 o'clock in, at West Leagues. And, yes. and that's a really good way to see what that Academy um sort of not what it can do for you but just the vibe of it the feel of that mm. and uh, it is a very good feeling thing and see if you think that that's for you or you just want to go your own way and, and work by yourself but I, I would say it takes takes five or six years off your learning curve off your career yeah, curve okay. coming to the academy and certainly can if you follow some of the things we tell you and, you know, and use your contacts and your mentors, then I think it really just helps you to drive that career for you. Roger Corbett, thank you so much for talking to us today for our country. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure to sit and actually have a decent chat to you about the Academy and all things involved in the Academy. Uh, we'll direct some more people your way and looking forward to catching up with you over the festival. Thanks so much, Sally. Thanks for having us. And uh, it's been just a pleasure talking about, you know, something that I absolutely love. Roger Corbett for 2TN on Our Country. Thank you for joining us for Episode 6 of Our Country. Stay tuned for the next episode where I will speak to some Australian country music royalty. It's a fascinating chat and I can't wait to share it with you. Our Country, the Australian country music industry podcast, is a production of Radio 2TM Tamworth. Our host is Sally Ann Witten. 